Welcome in Chiefs fans to another episode brought to you by the same guy whose paintings hang in the homes of Chiefs legends like Christian Okoye, Dante Hall, Tom Bahali, Chris Jones, and yes, Patrick Mahomes himself. He's Corey Jones, but you all know him as the Artist Chief. Hey guys, welcome to the Artist Chiefs podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest from across the pond. Mr. Durham Chief UK. What's going on, man? Hey, Corey. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Um, it's just about quarter past nine here in the UK. Um, it's been a very, very, very hot day today um, for the time of year. Um, I'm still feeling the heat a little bit. It's been, you know, for... You guys across the pond, you work in Fahrenheit. It's been the low 80s, which is unheard of for the end of March. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of dealing with the opposite of that. We're It's cold over here. Uh, it's warmed up a little bit, but it's been cold, like unseasonably cold. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's, it's been completely anyway, different for us. <laughs> right. Hey, tell us about yourself, uh, you know, for those who haven't um, heard you on here before, maybe they've heard you on Spaces on Twitter. Uh, can you give us a little insight to who who we're listening to today? Yeah, of course. Glad to. Um, I am a family guy who you know, married with two lovely boys. Um, I've been really interested in American football, following football. Sorry, I'll just say football from now on. Um, since pretty much 2003 it's only been over the last three or four years it's become somewhat of an obsession for me um and it certainly was um there was there was no other team when i was starting to look out for uh, for a team to follow um it ended up being the chiefs um I'll, I'll maybe go into a little bit more so why later but for those of you who are familiar with uh, brit chief uk brad simcox i live around about a five minute walk from his house um and we've uh you know you may well have seen him and spoken to him i you know for me personally i've not um i've not been around on twitter for too long um i kind of always wanted to avoid it a little bit but actually the more that football became an obsession for me and the more that i found that there was a great way to interact with uh fellow chiefs fans and fellow football fans via twitter uh, i had to take the leap i had to join and you know, that's that's me. I'm kind of a just your, your average working dad uh, with a, a passion for football. Nice, that's great. Um, I definitely know Brad. Um, Brett Chief's a great dude, and you're a great dude. And those who haven't um, seen Durham Chief UK online, make sure and give him a follow. Um, he really knows his stuff. He knows his football. He knows um, the draft. You know, just he's a really smart dude, and that's why he's on the show today. I, I you know, I. I may not know everything about football, but I like to bring on people that are smarter than myself. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, so we put out a mailbag request on Twitter and we got five or six questions and we'll just dive right into that. Okay, All right. Good. At K then 16 asks, which position is the largest need for KC? And I'll go first. 
Okay. Uh, for me, personally, I mean, everybody's going to have a different opinion on this. Um, we all know that generally there, there are needs to certain degrees. Um, certainly, some people may argue wide receivers still isn't actually um, sewn up, despite the fact that we brought in MVS and we've brought in Juju uh, of late. Um, I still think that that's something to be addressed. But uh, there's also, some would argue that safety, some would argue that cornerback, certainly a lot of people are going to argue that edge is um, a big need, uh, pass rush. And a lot of people would argue that the interior defensive line is a, is a big need. Now, for me, the clear and obvious need is the pass rush. However, I think personally that it's just as important that we address the interior of the defensive line as well. Uh, for me personally, I'm going all in on uh, defensive end. And a couple of guys that stand out that are probably going to go high in the draft are Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. And, um, man, it's going to be really hard for me to pronounce this one. Avon Thibodeau from Oregon. Um, they're, they're projected to go pretty high in the drafts. So I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen, but that's kind of like my, my uh, fantasy choices, if you will. Yeah, they, uh, they would be absolutely superb picks. Um, I mean, for, for me, Hutch is an absolute dead set to go pick one to the Jags. Um, it just seems like everybody and his, everyone in the mom are, are, are drafting um in hutchinson to the jags um there's a for a while um and early doors um, towards the end of the college season um there was very much talk of uh, a lot of talk of cave on nearly did it right it was cave on thibodeau had the silent h um thibodeau. there was a lot of talk about him being drafted first but yeah yeah but at the combine he, he was very careful in um how he actually uh, displayed himself he only participated in a couple of drills and then decided to leave the rest for his pro day. And a few people, a few people didn't like that. Um, a few people think that there's a bit of an attitude problem with him. Um, he was on a talk show. I can't recall who it was um, over in the States. And there was a little bit of uh, back and forth about the fact that he wanted to join a program like uh, or a college like Oregon. Um, and that he didn't want to join something like Alabama. Um, I think it was a lot of people seemed to think that he was looking down his nose at Alabama uh, and that Oregon, he was trying to kind of put them on a pedestal simply because he was there. Um, and it was just one plus the things that combine. A couple of people have put one and one together, together and kind of made three or four and decided that the guy's got a bit of an attitude problem. However, when it comes to talent, there's no denying that he's, uh, he's a fantastic player. But I think that could potentially see him drop a few spots, but the dude should really go in the top five. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, like I said, I, I don't know that we're going to get anybody that good. Those are just some of the names that I just kind of look into. Um, we got another question here from at Chris Standing 2. He asks two questions, and I'll start with his uh, one of them. Um, with the signing of MVS giving us another deep threat speed guy, do you think this means defenses will still play cover two deep to try to stall Patrick Mahomes? Okay, do you, am I taking this first take on it, or, or are you Go taking ahead. that? You're the smarter okay, guy. I, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't say I was the smarter guy. No, not at all. Um, I, I mean, and let me also say, I, 
I'm not an expert, you know, I don't, I don't get paid for this kind of thing. Um, maybe one day that might be nice. You know, it's a, a nice dream of mine. It's a part of the long-term plan. But like anyone, you know, I, I have my takes. I, I like to think that they're educated takes. Um, and I'm just a, I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm a football fan like a lot of people. So you might not agree with my takes, but that's, uh, you know, that, that's life. We, we all have those opinions. So in terms of whether we see a change in defences playing the, uh, the the too high safety look or not, um, I think that they quite possibly will because I think a lot of the reason um, why they played that was the ability of Patrick Mahomes to find uh, a deep threat, find one of his receivers downfield. Um, that hasn't gone away. That hasn't disappeared. You still have that ability. Um, if anything, I think teams may be a little more cagey and a little more wary because of the fact that we don't have that target in Tyreek Hill, who was the go-to guy. Uh, we don't have him anymore. The, I think given that you know, MVS has got a bit of speed about him and certainly depending on what we do in the draft, there may well be other targets to look for. I mean, all you need to replace is that ability to separate and somebody with good enough long speed and you have that deep threat. If you've got somebody down there, uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to find him one way or another. So I think I, I don't see them changing that. I think initially they will stick with it if it's proven or looking as though that we either aren't going to take that chance or we aren't able to execute that kind of uh, that, that deep ball. I think then may, you may find defences changing that look. But initially, uh, no, not for me. Boy, am I glad this isn't a debate show because, I mean, you couldn't have said it better. I feel like they're going to just stick with what's quote-unquote worked against the Chiefs because, you know, the Chiefs obviously went back to the AFC Championship game. But, um, you know, and until proven otherwise, I think teams will stick with that. I mean, the Chiefs still have Travis Kelsey. And like you said, you know, if they get somebody in the draft with good separation and speed, I mean, why wouldn't they continue to do that? Um, by the way, I got some breaking news uh, during this podcast. Uh, Dirty Dan Sorensen has gone from the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, uh, to the New Orleans Saints, as far as I understand. So, um, you know, I, I'm not quite sure. I can't recall whether we play the Saints this year. But if we do, by all means, I'm taking that deep ball. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, thank you for your service. You know, we, we loved you. you. You did some great things for us. It's just time to move on. I think a lot of Chiefs fans are in agreement with that. No offense, yeah. guy. Um, Good luck, okay. Dan. Good luck. Good luck, Dirty Dan. Um, okay, let's see. His Chris, uh, just a reminder, it was Chris standing to his other question. Which position would you trade up for in the first round? What would you be willing to give up? Um, like I said, I want to go defensive end, and I probably would give up the 29th and 30th pick. But like I said, don't listen to me. I mean, don't look to me. Like, if you're making a wager on what's going to happen in the draft, I'm not the guy to go to. I'm just being asked my opinion, and, the, and that's kind of where I'm at with that. Although I would not be shocked. I would not be surprised at all if they traded up for a wide receiver. Okay. Um, yeah, that, I'm in agreement. I think um, I could quite easily see them um, trading up for a wide receiver, given that some of the top-level talent is you know, it's potentially the, the ideal fit um, in terms of replacing Tyreek Hill. If you were to you were to go the route that you were going to go, taking the 29th and 30th pick, and 
know, uh, maybe packaging those and moving up, I think you're going to get roughly, um, the guys at our heads abroad, we were talking about this yesterday, you can get roughly to around about that pick at 10. Um, for that, at that stage, for a, a, uh, an edge, uh, I think you probably are going to, you'd be struggling to, to pick somebody like Jermaine Johnson at that point, or um, you certainly wouldn't get Thibodeau and Hutchinson. Um, and it may well mean that you lose out on Trevon Walker. However, at that pick at 10, you are quite possibly able to target somebody like George Karlaftis from Purdue, who for me, I think is an absolute fantastic prospect. He's, um, he's pro-ready. Um, I think he's been slept on quite a bit from people. He's kind of been, he's quiet. Um, there's been a little bit of talk about him, but there's a lot of talk about the, the guys up the top of the top five of the upper echelon and he's slipped from um early mocks i've seen him go and pick kind of three four five six to those teens and you know if we were to pick him up i'd be absolutely over the moon he's got that perfect blend of uh, being able to set the edge he's uh, he's got great upside as a pass rusher i think he's scratching the surface uh, he's got a, a high floor but i think he's got a high ceiling as well um for me however what I would personally do, uh, I would be inclined to trade the 29th pick and quite possibly trade pick 50, which I believe we, uh, I believe it was pick 50 that we got um, from the Dolphins for the Tyreek Hill deal. Uh, for me, it, the, the, the interior defensive line class is quite, it, it's not deep. The, there's a lot of depth at the uh, edge class this year. Uh, cornerback class is deep the uh, wide receiver class is deep interior defensive line isn't and I recall you know the, the, one of the early things that came out of, of Brett, Fe uh, Brett Veach's mouth was that they will address the defensive line this year now that includes edge but it also includes the interior defensive line we've, we, we've lost Jaron Reed now um, we've brought back Derek Nardi however personally what I would like to see us do is use that pick 29 and pick 50 to try and move up and secure somebody like uh, Devontae Wyatt. Um, I personally, I, I rate him higher than, than Jordan Davis, the you know the, the two Georgia prospects. And if you didn't uh, read the first part of my uh, article that I put out last night for Our Heads Abroad, um, you know, the, take a look at it. The second part will be coming out later. But one thing, a little bit of a surprise, if you, you know, for people who haven't read them so far, I looked at the the, the colleges that the Chiefs mainly returned to under Andy Reid as a head coach, with John Dorsey and Brett Veach, and on five occasions, five they've gone and taken picks from Georgia. Now it seems as though that they, for me, then like the Georgia prospects, and I don't blame them. So out of the two. Davis, some people have him high. He's an absolute monster um, in the way that he tested out. He's just a, a freak of a human being, the size he is, height, weight. You shouldn't be able to move like he does. But I have a few concerns about his ability to be a three-down uh, defensive tackle. He's more of a nose tackle. He's a pocket collapser. Um, the pass rush ability, I don't know, is necessarily there. There'll be elements of it. However, Devontae Wyatt, for me, gives you as much if Jordan Davis wasn't in this class everybody would be talking about how much of a freak Devontae Wyatt is and how good of an interior defensive lineman he is after the first handful of guys at uh, defensive tackle there's a big big drop off in talent not like with edge corners and, and wide receivers so 
if you don't take one of those guys early doors, you're missing out. And if you haven't brought somebody in in free agency that can do that job, despite the fact that Brett Veach had said that he was going to address that defensive line, then I think you've got trouble. So what I would personally do, sticking to what he said, I would personally move up and I would try and take Devontae Wyatt in a heartbeat. Right on. I like that answer. Um, I just want to stop the mailbag portion for just a moment. Um, you had mentioned writing for Arrowheads Abroad. For those um, for those listeners out there who aren't aware of Arrowheads Abroad, uh, Arrowheads Abroad was founded a few years ago, um, I believe, by Tom Childs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's it, it started out basically as uh, a group of UK teams, and you know they've got like a Facebook page. Uh, I'm guessing they have a website now, um, and it's become this massive thing. They, they, these guys really know football, men and women. Um, and, and everybody is welcome. You don't have to necessarily be in, in England or, you know, you can be from Scotland, you can be from America. It really doesn't matter. Uh, it's a really big thing. So make sure and check them out on Twitter also. Um, and um, where, where exactly can we find your articles on there? You've got a choice of either the, um, the, the Facebook page, as you say. There's a, a, a website of their own. I can't recall the website address off the top of my head, but I would believe it would just be arrowheadsabroad.co.uk. Um, the Twitter page, uh, what happens every time we post an article, whoever it is, whichever one of us writers uh, produce them, um, they are always tweeted from the Arrowheads Abroad Twitter account. Um, and you say it's, it's, it's a massive big following. It's... Um, think at latest count we're up over 16,000 followers now um, so we've got a, a real good following um, I personally I, I tweet them I'll retweet them on my own account um, anybody else that would like to do so and get that out there by all means I'll, I'll, I'll gladly I'm happy for any retweets um, it's it's good for me it's good for the, um, the the emerging brand of Durham Chief UK um, it's a very new thing but it's certainly something that I have that um, medium to long-term plan of uh, of developing but there's a number of a number of ways that you can access those yeah it's a great group great fans i've even gotten arrowheads abroad american soccer style jersey believe it or not <laughs> <laughs> nice i got that yeah they, um, years ago i still have it yeah i mean it, it, like you said they're a great group of guys they really are um no shout out to all the guys at uh, arrowheads abroad you know just there's a number of us, a number of us that um, I'm, I'm the latest, um, latest contributor and um, recruit, so to speak. Um, we, we actually three of three or four of us the other night on Wednesday tried to record a podcast, but um, it was my first attempt at doing so with uh, our heads abroad. Uh, I joined a little bit late after finally getting the um, the link to work, and I think they were already recording at the time. And we uh, at the end of the hour. You know, when uh, they tried to look at <laughs> trying to uh, edit the audio, the whole thing had corrupted and failed. So I felt like a, a right fool. <laughs> uh, that's okay. I've re I've recorded an entire podcast and not well. I thought I hit record. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> when you do like a 30 minute podcast and you and you fail to record the whole thing, it can be very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine you know all right let's dive back into the mailbag we got a, a few more um and i'll let you address who, the, who this one's from um the chiefs picked up tyreek hill in the fifth round of the 2016 draft 
Are there any late round prospects you'd like them to bring in this year to help replace? Uh, yeah, there are actually. Um, there's there's a couple. Um, personally, if I could take the two of these guys and blend them both together, I think you would have pretty much the perfect wide receiver. Um, unfortunately, they aren't like that. Um, each have their individual traits. So there's a guy, um, I don't know whether people might know of him, might not, a guy out of Coastal Carolina, um, Javon Hiley. Uh, he is a guy who has got that ability to almost, he just finds himself in open space so often. Um, he's got good separation um, and he's he's the kind of guy that's able to, to create, you know, he, he's able to find himself open. A bit like Travis Kelsey always seems to find himself open. Um, there's always a target there. And if you want, as a, a really good slot receiver for me, um, Heidi would be a great example of that. He, um, he's got good release package. Um, he seems to have that ability to, to always get himself open in the short to intermediate um, areas. If you want to you know, look at the crosses, um, you know, check down in the flats, he is a great option for you. Um, and quite often Tyreek Hill had that, you know, he, he had that ability to do that. Um, he's not going to be a guy who is that kind of the, the vertical deep threat, uh, threat. You know, he's not going to be a guy who you know is going to be um, down there somewhere. You might see these memes where, like, it's a you know Patrick Mahomes getting ready to unload a ball, and it's like, well, you know, Tyreek's down there somewhere. Uh, that's not highly. Um, the other guy out of uh, Michigan State is uh, Jalen Naylor, who's a, a late round prospect. He's a guy who is that deep ball. Um, prospect. He's got that ability to um, stem and stack. He he's uh, he's going to be down there. If somebody, you know, if Patrick Mahomes is looking for that deep ball, it's going to be kind of you know the, um, you know Jalen's down there somewhere. If you could take that um, ability to to, to do that and put it with Javon Hiley, I think you'd have a fantastic receiver. Both of them have that um, those abilities in their own right, um, separate from each other, but. But the, you know the thing with Naylor is he's a great yards after the catch guy, um, and you, you saw what Tyree could do with that. You could you could kind of check check down to him, um, and it would take a kind of ten yard reception for a, a ninety yard touchdown. Um, he was a special guy, and we we, got, we hit unlucky in the you know the, in the late rounds with him. I'm not sure that you you know you can't look and, and think we can replace him straight away with this guy. It doesn't happen. You hit unlucky sometimes. I mean, he's a prime example. Uh, Trey Smith's a prime example of a guy who you hit on late with uh, and get an absolute beast. Um, and as much as it absolutely curdles my blood to say so, uh, the goat himself was a sixth round pick. Nobody was looking at a sixth round quarterback. What's he done? Uh, he's just gone and kind of shown everybody and kind of it was like a, a big fu to the the the, uh, the organisations who passed on him um, and has gone and proven over all these years that you don't have to be a first round pick to be one of, if not the greatest player in the NFL of all time. So, uh, yeah, I like those guys. Um, whether they do actually pick them up, I don't know. Uh, they do tend to have a history of picking up receivers in late rounds. And unfortunately for you, from what you were looking at and your perspective of, of trading 29 and 30 and maybe looking up, not necessarily that you said you would do that, but you wouldn't be surprised if they did move up for a receiver. Um, I personally can't see it happening because... The research I did, um, looking at these articles yesterday's and the one that's going to come tonight, uh, they just don't do that. So they, they tend to look for that, um, the offensive weapons and um, a little bit of a try and, try and hit on people in the late rounds. So, uh, yeah, 
those two, they're my two sleepers. They're the two guys I like. Um, whether it happens or not, I don't know. And to the listeners, that's why I've got this guy on here because I got nothing to add. <laughs> you... <laughs> thanks, thanks, man. You know, so when you know all the things that you don't know, you bring on people that know those things. You know what I mean? And then, and then you look smarter in the process. So. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that, that's why if I was to go out with uh, with buddies of mine uh, for a, for a few beers, that's why I surround myself with all the better looking ones. <laughs> <laughs> right oh man um, we got two more to go um, the top this is in a, in a um, question format um, the top NFC Super Bowl pick for both of you I mean I think nothing, absolutely nothing has changed since last year unless Tom Brady actually goes to the Dolphins which I mean I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked because anything can happen in this world I don't think it's going to happen. So I would say the Bucks and um, uh, the Rams are my choices for the NFC participant in the Super Bowl. I think Aaron Rodgers has lost uh, too much talent around him, and so I'm just sticking with what I know. I, I just I don't see any, any big outside contenders who have done anything yet to prove themselves as far as making it deep into the into a Super Bowl run in the NFC. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, one thing that I can't really look past is the fact that the uh, obviously the, the reigning Super Bowl champs have brought back pretty much like the Chiefs did when we won the Super Bowl uh, a couple of years back. They've brought back everybody. They've, they've not really lost anyone. Um, yeah, uh, they lost. Well, I'm not sure whether they've lost Von Miller or, or not specifically yet, but um, I think I'll, I'll be forgiven for focusing a little bit on the draft and not so much on free agency with the uh, with the Rams, but. Uh, They've got the nucleus of that squad back together, and you know, not a lot's changed. So they should be, and for me, are um, one of if not the favourites. Um, I'd be a little intrigued as to how the Cowboys actually come back this next year. I don't think that they will be necessarily the contender. I think they will. They'll make it to the postseason. Um, whether they actually end up representing the NFC or not. Um, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't back them against the Rams. Uh, the Bucks. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The um, yes, they brought back Tom Brady. Um, they could have lost or potentially could be losing his uh, his lap dog um, in in Gronk. Who, by the way, if I have to sit through any more of those commercials next year of Gronk wanting to be a member of the A, I will tear out what little hair I've got left. Um, it's just so so frustrating. It's annoying. Uh, but you know. <laughs> that aside, um, they've they've lost uh, they've lost Sue. Um, he's gone now. They lost Ali Marpet. Um, now he he moved on. Um, I thought they were going to lose Ryan Jensen, but you know he decided once Brady came back that uh, he was he was going to be back as well. So they've got a lot of players that have returned, but they've actually they've lost out on a couple of guys. I think um, it'll be interesting to see how they actually how they go, and I think they're going to need to address a lot in the draft to be contenders still but i think they flatter to deceive and i think the last year they were very much a super bowl and done um organization for me i don't see that changing this year they still um they, they don't seem to be setting the world alike for me at the moment uh, they've had a decent free agency but 
I don't think uh, for me they're, they're, they're the ones to contend with. Uh, they could potentially be, but I'm, I'm sticking with the Rams outsider, um, the Cowboys. Uh, Von Miller, by the way, he signed a six-year, $120 million contract with the Buffalo Bills. Well, Bills, right, the Bills. Yeah, I, I, I thought he'd moved on that at the Bills. So, you know, the, the AFC this year, just as a side note, the AFC is just, they're coming for the Chiefs. They really are. It seems as though that one of the reasons that, uh, personally for me, one of the reasons that Brady came back is the fact that he's got such an easy route, potentially, to the Super Bowl again. Oh, 100%. And it's all about, you know, it, everything's about Tom Brady. It's all about, yeah, it's all about compliment myself. You know, I'm trying to make myself look as good as I possibly can do. I already look good, but I'm not content with that. I want to look a lot better. So um, he's he's got such an easy path that anybody in the the AFC, if you make it to the Super Bowl, do you know what? You've earned it because it's an absolute nightmare to get through and navigate the AFC this next year. The AFC West is bad enough. The AFC as a whole... Good luck. You deserve the Super Bowl title if you make it to the uh, to the Super Bowl from the FC. I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones Thrones fan, but it reminds the Chiefs remind me of the Battle of Bastards when Jon Snow's out there all by himself with the sword, you know, getting ready for this, you know, charging army coming at him. I mean, that's what it feels like for the Chiefs and the AFC this year. It's probably going to be the most exciting NFL season of all time. I mean. AFC West matches are going to be on prime time this weekend. And, you know, every time they play each other, uh, AFC games will be all in prime time. <laughs> and once, once you are the Bucks yeah. or the Rams, you know, you're, you're probably not going to be on prime time this year. Yeah, and, you know, absolutely, I agree. Um, I mean, I, but that for you guys, though, because, you know, a prime time game starts at 1.30 a.m. over there. And that's one thing I was going to say that, you know, the um, it's good for the Chiefs to get that exposure. For me, it's bad because I'm pretty much getting to uh, I'm getting to sleep. I'm getting to bed at about 4 a.m., 4.30 after the after the primetime games. And it's uh, it's not easy when you've got a seven year old and a six year old um, up a couple of hours later. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's not the easiest for me, but, you know, it doesn't change things. I'll still be uh, I'll still be there watching the Chiefs every single week if uh, if it's prime time, so be it. But it, by the way, yes, I uh, I am a, a big Game of Thrones fan. I think it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen, apart from the last two series. Uh, in which case, it would be like it'd be like me trying to replicate that. Um, you know, the, the paintings behind you, it would just look like an absolute mess. It'd be a stick man instead of a picture of uh, you know somebody like uh, Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill catching a ball. I'd just be drawing a stick man and say, "There you go, that's that's Tyreek Hill." That's kind of what it felt like for the last two series of Game of Thrones. It was awful. But yeah, I, I did. I loved it. Yeah, it was a great show. Um, we got one final question, and I'll let you go first. Why the Chiefs? <laughs> I, was, I was asked. But I, I think they mean like, why do you like the Chiefs? What got you into them? That sort of thing. Yeah, it was. Um, it was the first question I was asked on the failed podcast with Arrowheads Abroad on Wednesday night. Um, for me. I, at the time, I started watching uh, watching football. I had no idea uh, what kind of organisation I wanted to follow, um, but a, a couple of reasons, you know, I was uh, I was intrigued. I liked the way that they played the game. Uh, weren't successful, of course. You know, it was bad times, early two thousands, but um, I liked the way they played. But the actual overriding factors were the fact that you know I, I was an eighties child. Um, 
one of the uh, one of my favorite films as a child um, was the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> and being you know, a Kansas native, Dorothy, um, kind of Kansas City almost jumped out to me. But in addition to that, um, her dog Toto, and again being an eighties fan or an eighties child, Toto, the group were. <laughs> Uh, after, you know, it's a particular like of mine, uh, musically. So, yeah, the Wizard of Oz and the fact that I liked, uh, I liked Toto and their music. That just it was a match made in heaven, I think, and that for me sealed the deal as to why I became a Chiefs fan. Well, I too am old. <laughs> Laugh out loud. I'm, I'm an '80s child. Um, you know, for me, I, I had moved from uh, Illinois to Missouri uh, back in 1989. And I was still pretty young. I was like 11. I, you know, I, I tell people, yeah, I started becoming a Chiefs fan then. But really, it was just kind of like, I, th I think most men, if, if they're being honest with themselves, probably didn't become a football fan until they were 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that range. But, you know, around that time, the Chiefs got Joe Montana, and they were the local team. I, I live in Missouri, but I, I live – on the west part of Missouri, I live a couple hours south of Arrowhead, um, so I, I didn't really know this Bulls, if you will. You know, they they get Joe Montana, and all of a sudden they're in like AFC champion or whatever. And you know, I just always stuck with them, and 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 even when they were bad, um, I always rooted for underdogs. I used to root for the Buffalo Bills and those Super Bowls. Although the Buffalo Bills and their fans can go to hell nowadays, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> some of them aren't quite that bad. Some of them aren't bad. I mean, some of them, some of their fans, at least on Twitter, ugh. Um, I'm sure there's good people in their in their fan base. But um, no, I I grew up a St. Louis Cardinals fan. I've been I've been that way my entire life. We we were going to games when I was very little, um, so I've always loved yeah. the color red. You know, I'm just loyal. Like I, I don't, I don't want to jump ship. I, I love this team. I always have. I always will. I, you know, I root for the the logo. You know, if, if by some unholy reason Patrick Mahomes, our football lord and savior, becomes an a hole and does horrible things off the field, you know, I'll, I'll probably quit rooting for him. But that's never going to happen. I don't have to worry about that. Um, but like I said, I, I just root for the team. You know, yeah. I, I love, and clearly I love the players. Like. I mean, I've done 22 paintings of Mahomes, something like that, you know, six or seven of, like, certain players, you, yeah. know, multiple, you know, so it's not like I don't like the players. They got a bunch of jerseys, but, but overall, you know, it's, it's the team first. Got to win, baby. Yeah. So I've got a question for you, Corey. Let's go. So you, you, you know, you, you, you paint often. It's clearly a, a passion of yours. Um, and I think the podcasts I've previously listened to has, a, kind of has that um, little kind of introduction about the fact that you, you, know, you could be talking or listening to a guy who's got um, numerous paintings uh, in homes of Chiefs players. Um, what I'd like to know is how many actual Chiefs players have your pictures in their homes or have taken your pictures into their homes over the years? Okay, well, I mean, I have most of them. Uh, photographed and framed um, to my immediate left. I'm recording in my living room. Um, uh, it'd probably be easier if I just kind of went by name. Um, well, Jerry Sneed has a poster print. Uh, Dante Hall, I gave him a painting, and I found out 
about a year later at random that he gave it to John Brown Smokehouse, a Kansas City Chiefs barbecue restaurant in New York City, of all places, which right. is pretty <laughs> unique. Uh, I mean, I know he gave it away, but that's still cool. You know, I got the picture of him with it, too. Um, Spencer Ware was the very first one. Um, uh, Christian Okoye, uh, Darwin Thompson, um, Trisha Mahomes, Pat, uh, Pat Sr.'s uh, now wife. Um, you know, I've known her through uh, Facebook, and I've met them both. Um, I did a commission for one of his birthdays a couple of years ago. So Pat Mahomes Sr. has one. Um, through that relationship with Tristan Mahomes, I was able to get uh, a painting to to Patrick in 2017 before he'd even started or played. I mean, he wow. he don't uh, you know a quarter here or there in the preseason. Um, he played. He did play a half, and I went to that game intentionally just to see him play, and that's when I ended up sitting next to Tricia and and, and Pat. Um, nice. Flash forward like two years later, I sent. Um, Prince to Patrick, and so he's got those as well. Um, uh, I'm not sure if I said Spencer Ware or not, but Spencer Ware, his agent hit me up for a charitable donation. He was wondering if I would donate my painting to his sickle cell awareness um, event that he was having, like a fundraiser. And yeah. I told him that I'd like to, instead of just shipping it, because shipping a painting can be risky, and, yeah. and it's um, I asked him if he'd be willing to meet me halfway from Kansas City to where I live. And sure enough, we met uh, about an hour and a half from my home. Um, and my father was there too. And I got pictures with him and he, he signed a print of it. Um, so he was really awesome. Um, oh, wow. And then I went to raise money as well. Um, Tom Bahali was one of the more recent ones. I've been, he was, I've been trying to get him for like years. And so, you know, now that he's been retired, it's yeah, easier. Um, one kind of regrettable one was Larry Johnson. He's got a print of mine. I I can't stand the man. I'm sorry, Larry, if you're listening, but you've, you've just lost it. You're off your rocker, buddy. Seek help. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> BJ Kissel, our former Chiefs reporter, now with uh, Kansas City Sports Network, um, he, he's one of those guys that's very easy, yeah. easy to um, um, a Facebook friend with and actually respond to the fans, you know, yada, yada, yada. I had seen a story somewhere yeah. that his father had passed away, um, you know, a few years back, like, um, and from cancer. And their thing was tailgating at Arrowhead, but he didn't have a single photograph of them together at Arrowhead. So sure. what I did was, so I, I asked him for some like a reference picture and I got like one of him and his dad um, after like baseball practice or something. And then I just converted it into them in Chiefs gear and put Arrowhead in the background. He actually came and um, met me in Kansas City and he, he paid for our lunch, my, my kids and I. And it was really cool of him. He was awesome. Um, Chris Jones was one. Um, he actually had... Uh, Pete Sweeney recorded him and uploaded it to Twitter with him thanking me personally, which was like the most mind-blowing thing ever. Yeah, I bet it was. 
and, and he sent me a signed hat too, which I, I've never worn. I've got it uh, in a Ziploc bag with my other kind of like memorabilia. And I, I think that's, that's all of them for now. I mean, um, Justin Reed, if you're listening, I am more than, <laughs> I'm definitely trying to track you down. Um, I got a reply the other day from Justin, our new safety, and he was saying yeah. he was looking forward to seeing the finished product of this painting I'm working on. Um, you can't see it on this format, but it's right behind me. Um, I was just blown away. I couldn't believe he interacted with me like that. So um, anytime you can get a reaction from a player, yeah. as an, I mean, it's not an easy thing. There are, I, I've got a lot of peers nowadays that are artists. Um some closer than others, but if I counted all the handles that I've just found on Twitter alone, there's got to be at least 30 to 35 really talented um, artists who do chief stuff. And that's not even counting all the people I don't have any idea of, you know. So anytime, anytime yeah. you get any from these well, guys, mind-blowing. Like, I'm completely... Yeah, I mean, like, for, for me, that would be yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for me, that would be that would be absolutely insane. I think it'd be. Good. I mean, that, that I've kind of pretty much resigned myself to watching from the sidelines. You know, living in the living in the UK over the pond, um, I've, I'm not going to be in any kind of um, contact with these guys at any point. Really, face to face, sitting down for any kind of brunch or lunch or anything like that, it'd be great. But it's uh, you know, it's not going to happen. I can only hope one day maybe I uh, I get some kind of shout out, some kind of message, some kind of video or some kind of signed um, you know, memorabilia, whichever. You know, the closest I've got to things like that was um, getting some some kind of free merchandise from a, a Formula One team um, when I was I was down in Oxfordshire in the UK. Uh, we'd gone to what was I don't know if you're a Formula One fan, but we'd gone to what was a the former Renault Formula One team is now a, a French manufacturer. It's Alpine. Um, you know, for the, any Formula One fans out there. They have um, Fernando Alonso driving for them and a guy called Esteban Ocon. Um, and when I'd gone down to those uh, to the, the factory, just because I was there in the area, just to have a look around um, as much as I could, the uh, you know, the security guard came out and he was really interested in uh, in the car that I was driving. This was an estate car, but he always he was wanting one. He was looking at getting one of those things. Um, and in the midst of the conversation, I'm a I'm kind of a bit of a a confident guy. I'm a you know, one of these guys who would just say, Look, I don't suppose you've got any kind of free merch line around back there, have you? And, you know, he, he threw me a few, uh, a, a few kind of hats, a few caps, baseball caps. So that's kind of as close as I got to anything like that from a, a fan's perspective of a different sport, albeit. But, you know, I would, um, I would love to be in that position where, you know, someone as, as talented as yourself um, is able to kind of go on and, and pass off your, um, you know, you, you, you your commissions, your your paintings, and things like that to to the players of the the team that you're so passionate about, and for for those guys to thank you personally, whether it be with lunch or a, a video message or signed merch, whichever. I think that's I think it's absolutely fantastic, and I'm I'm, uh, I'm envious to say the least. <laughs> well, one of the days when you cross the pond, you'll have to come check out my my house. It's not a chief's cave; it's a house. I mean, the it's just everywhere. It consumes you. If you're not a Chiefs fan, this would be pure hell. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> except for my daughter's bedroom and and in the bathroom. I, my daughter made me change the bathroom. So, <laughs> or in there. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, before we go, I 
I have um, two things for you. Um, gosh dang it. I know we're recording right now. I just forgot one of them. Um, okay, I remember. Um, sorry for the listeners. Um, like, kind of what is your what are you what are you aiming for what are your goals with with your fandom with the chiefs with riding for arrowheads abroad is there is there a bigger picture here like are you you know wanting to become a pro rider or wanting to do web stuff i mean what 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 what's your goal uh well the short term to kind of medium term goal if the three-year plan was that uh, i'd set myself out the, in the, the short term to start writing articles um, getting into sports journalism, um, and the you know the guys at Arrowheads Abroad were, were great. Um, I can't thank Brad, uh, Brit Chief UK, enough for the help that he's given me in getting started. Um, and very much you know like yourself, there's certain people who um, do. You seem as though you're on your own. You don't know where to start. But there are a number of people who've kind of uh, very much reached out and said, you know, if you want your help, uh, any kind of help to get started, um, I've got a platform, an existing platform. Um, and I'm very much, uh, I'm, I'm open to that. I'm, I'm happy to help you out and help you to do that. So, um, you know, there's a, a good handful of guys who I can thank for that kind of thing uh, and who will continue to do the same thing and, and try and get that uh, Durham Chief UK brand established, um, not just in the UK, obviously, but uh, across in the, the States and, and at some point worldwide. Now, that was the short-term goal, was to, to establish the brand and to start writing. Um, I've started doing that. Now, the... The next phase after that was to uh, have my own show uh, in terms of podcasts. That was the next stage, branch out into podcasts. Um, a bit of a longer term goal was to establish, um, after establishing the Durham Chief UK brand, um, to branch out into the uh, into YouTube and YouTube channel. Um, it's just something that I want to share my passion um, of the Chiefs, um, everybody, but not just the games, the behind the scenes stuff, the, the looks at the draft, potential draft picks and, and prospects for the Chiefs, but not just that. And longer term, uh, getting to know um, other organisations a bit more intimately in terms of their teams, um, the draft as a whole and how um, draft would actually work and prospects and how they would fit with each individual NFL team. Um, outside of that, though, I still, the longer term, I have a passion for, like said pro writing i would absolutely love that um i didn't leave um you know school and go to a university in a a, a, a sports journalism um, context um I, initially i went down the kind of travel and tourism um route but it's certainly it's been that much of a passion for mine and i do like writing i do have that creative side that i want to get out there and the longer term is that yeah i would love to be some kind of pro writer i would love um to find myself in the states more often and long-term goal being invited um on occasions by the chiefs organizations themselves the organization sorry not organizations the organization themselves um as a, a guest um that would be kind of the zenith if i could be um some kind of international um reporter for the chiefs would be absolutely great but there's a long way to go to do that. And I've started quite late to do it. So let's just see how that goes, man. Dude, I love it. Okay, before we go, just can you let everybody know where they can find you online? Absolutely. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you just need to search the handle at Durham Chief UK. 
um you know i'm more than happy to uh to, you know I, I have i follow people back a lot of people don't follow back um i'm not one of those guys that's looking for numbers or ratio of people who follow me um over who i follow back um you know we're a community we're all in it together uh, we're all chiefs fans we're all football fans um and the more that we can share knowledge the more that we can share opinion uh, and the more that generally we can get the world talking not necessarily about football but generally just talking then the better so hit me up guys yeah listen to that man make sure and follow him on twitter guys all right well i appreciate having you on man this is a blast can't wait to do it again can't wait to listen to your podcast and as always let's go cheese